1: Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Good event to jump into um, to learn about the seven steps. And again, uh, they they vary. And they'll probably mean different things to you. We've been talking recently about how you need at least $1.9 I think, per person to comfortably... Squeeze into retirement on the income side. Add in that social security that you're going to get, roughly 18500 in that ballpark for the average American. And you've kind of got an area that you can start saying, okay, I, I can I can see the, the income side. But you're going to have to do so much more than that. You're going to have to do tax efficiencies. You're going to have to pay your taxes, which as you get older becomes one of the most expensive line items in your year. You have to figure out your safe money. What is safe money? What are your vehicles? Long-term care costs. Are you going to need them or are you not? You don't want to wait till you need them to start thinking about them. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Chad Burton will be at help running this event. Um, if you have at least $500,000 in investable assets, this event is for you. CFP Chad Burton works with EP Wealth. He's worked with me for 20-plus years, pushing 25. and um, It's a great relationship because he brings it to the table on financial planning metrics that I'm not qualified to do. How are you, Chad? Doing well. How about you? Pretty well. Pretty well. Getting a little bit of the rainy season, that we're all getting a little bit tired of here. Um, let's jump we just straight We
2: snow in the Sierras. It's, right. uh,
1: it's been a rough start. More and more snow is what we need. Um, yes. And the white powdery soft stuff. Um, but let's talk about the seven steps and linear cash flow. It's one of the most important parts of your presentation. It's something that a lot of people um, aren't ready for. Um a bad linear cash flow, a bad year, and not having a plan. What do we need to know?
2: Well, it it, kind of goes all the way back to when you and I started working together. And I remember that when everybody was into, you know, the new thing, which was back then, internet, right? Now it's Uh AI, but back then it was internet stocks. And we had this huge run in the market. And all of a sudden, people's expectations got completely out of whack. We had People magazine, I don't even know if that's still around, people magazine, doing articles on the stock market and what people expected in terms of their 401k returns. And everybody was like, Oh, 19% a year for, you know, forever. It's a new economy. It's the internet now. And and then you had the tech correction, right? The, The first three year negative period in the stock market since the 30s occurred in 2000, 2001 and 2002. Right. So so what are the proper expectations to use? So when you're doing your financial modeling, which is you're trying to create a situation where you have confidence that you can walk in the door and say, hey, I'm done. I'm going to stop working. I'm going to stop feeding my 401k every two weeks with my paycheck and I'm going to live off of all the savings that I've created. So you better be really sure and conservative on your initial projections, right? You better be really sure about what you're gonna spend, how you're going to enjoy life, because if you have to retire and then you don't have enough money to do the things that you wanna do, you're gonna end up being bored and probably not very healthy. So you have to be very careful and you have to also think about taxes and healthcare costs. But the rate of return that you wanna use on your initial linear cash flow models to say how long is my money gonna last is I would say you know just under 6% because even though if I look at a balanced portfolio like a 60/40 S&P 500 bond portfolio so 60% in S&P 500 40% in in just a basic bond index over the last 50 years that has averaged 10.2%. Pretty darn good, right? That's great. Yeah, yeah, but, but we've had some amazing years in there right and I would not use that as a projection because we have gone through periods of time like if you would have invested in October of 2017 in a globally diversified balanced portfolio so you know not only just s p but some international some small cap uh, bonds and and that type of a balanced portfolio and then you go through the, the great Recession where you know the losses were pretty steep in 2008. So, if you would have October twenty seven two thousand seven to October twenty seventeen, your average annual return with that large decline in that small window was a little less than six percent. So, what you want to do is say, okay, what if I retire just prior to a decade like that? What's the proper rate of return? And so, if you can sit there and you could say, okay, here's my assets. Um, here is a return that's you know sub six percent, even though I'm going to, I'm going to expect more in retirement. Um, And I have the right amount of inflation, at least two and a half percent on normal expenses, five percent on healthcare costs. Is my money going to last till age 100? That's that's step number one, just to kind of give you an idea. Are you even close to retiring?
1: What about how does the uh, current run in interest rates start playing into the seven steps for retirement readiness?
2: Well, it's so what's interesting i was I was looking at a chart Rob prior to jumping on with you to say, "Okay, where were interest rates when you and I started doing radio together in nineteen ninety nine when you invited me on there the first time
1: I'm guessing and I'm guessing six percent,
2: yeah, yeah, dead on, dead on, oh. so it's really easy because I remember um you know it's it was a month or two before my oldest Nick was born, and um So I can go back to October of of 1999. Yeah. And the 10-year treasury was at 6%. And, you know, we had just gone through this big run-up in the market. So the feds were increasing interest rates to try to slow the economy down. And then we essentially went from 1999 on this kind of, Slow decline in interest rates all the way to sub half a percent or right around half a percent on the 10 year treasury in 2020. And we're back up to almost, we almost hit 5%, but currently at 3.88%. So we can talk Mm -hmm. a little bit more about those expectations after the break and how that plays into the linear cash flow model.
1: Okay, linear cash flow model, Monte Carlo simulation. Some things that might be difficult in retirement and more, the seven steps for retirement readiness, February 15th, the day after Valentine's Day. You can sign up at chadburton.com. It's chadburton.com. It's the last time to see this event before we retire it for a while. You can sign up at chadburton.com. Are you ready for retirement, taxes, income, long-term care? There's a lot going on. It's a free event menlo park california sign up at chadburton.com think you're in good shape for retirement
3: find out how you're really doing with the seven steps for retirement readiness join rob black and cfp chad burton of ap wealth advisors thursday february 15th in menlo park for a live event chad will walk you through these seven steps to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want rob will provide timely commentary and chad will share specific strategies for taxes income long-term care safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least $500,000 in investable assets and want to gauge where your retirement stands, pass on your estate, and create tax efficiencies, this event is for you. The 7 Steps for Retirement Readiness, Thursday, February 15th, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Stanford Park Hotel in Menlo Park. Space is limited, so sign up today at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Can you pass all seven tests? Sign up online
1: today at robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Joining me today is CFP Chad Burton. He is a regional director. He has a team of financial planners that work with him all up and down the West Coast. You can check in with him, or primarily North Northern California, to Oregon, Washington, and parts beyond sometimes. So check in with him. Find him at chadburton.com, chadburton.com. He will be at the event on February 15th, the seven steps for retirement readiness. Um, If you've not been, it's a great event, Um, but you could always learn something more, like what does linear cash flow mean, and why do I care? Of note, I use a CFP, and um, it's very refreshing. It's uh, quite nice. It's quite a a lot of stress off, because I don't need to know linear cash flow, CFPs do. Chad, what do we need to know about linear cash flow?
2: Well, essentially, it's the version of running a financial plan with assuming the same rate of return every year, the same rate of inflation every year, and, um, you know, kind of a set amount of expenses. And mm-hmm. so what I can tell you 100% is that that plan is going to be wrong, right? Because even though you look at the stock market, and if I look at the last 50 years, the S&P 500 drop over the last 50 years has averaged 12.7% with dividends reinvested, Okay. Right. So the average gain though is almost 20% and the average loss is almost 14.4%. So the market's positive over the last seven, uh, 50 years at the end of 2023 74% of the time. So so think about that in for a minute. The, very seldom does it hit the average annual return of 12.7%, right? So the average gain is 19.9, the average loss is 14.4. So the, the, you never know when those years are gonna come. Every five to seven years, we have these you know, recessions. Sometimes they're large, sometimes they're soft landings, whatever it may be. The linear cash flow model is gonna be wrong. So the point of the linear cash flow model is to be conservative. Okay. Now, I, I sent you an updated chart, which you know, I could email out if people wanted, and and it it just shows a couple of different portfolio options. These are not portfolios that we use because it's just using the S&P 500 and then um, a, a basic bond index to kind of show these returns. Mm-hmm. And if we look at a 60-40 portfolio, 60% S&P 500, 40% bonds over the last 50 years, it's averaged 10.2%. Okay. Um, Okay. But I I wouldn't use that rate of return. I think that's too high to use in a linear cash flow model because we have to think about what's happened since you and I started doing radio together. Right. Mm-hmm. We talked about in 1999, the 10 year treasury was 6%. By the end of 2020, it was uh, or by around 2020 in kind of the COVID time frame. With all the government intervention and the feds dropping interest rates to simulate the economy multiple times, we saw the 10-year treasury close to half a percent. Now, when interest rates fall, yes, you're earning less income on your bonds, but the price of the bonds go up, allowing you to, you know, sell it again, potentially creating a larger total return. So over the last 50 years, that, that kind of same you had government bond index averaged around six and a half percent. I would not expect that in my portfolio, um, you know, going forward, that would mean interest rates would have to go down. So long story short, I think stocks, you know, if we look out 50, 30 to 50 years when people are going to be retired, I still think that stocks do what they're always going to do, right? We're going to go through good decades, bad decades, but I assuming, you know, somewhere between 9 to 10% average annual return on stocks is fine. It's that's the fixed income we have to kind of dial down our expectations. We have to realize we have a diversified portfolio so there's cash, bonds, stocks, real estate, other assets. So the point is is we got to be conservative, right? It's just like a company that wants to give expectations on earnings. Cisco used to be famous for this, where they would say, here's what we think we're going to earn. They'd give a very low ball estimate, and then they'd beat it at earnings time, right? Yeah. you got to do the same thing with your linear cash flow model. Be conservative. Have a version where you've got, here's your dialed-in expenses. Uh, You know what you're going to pay in taxes based on where you're drawing from your portfolio. You know what your healthcare costs are going to be. Inflate all that, um, 2.5%. on normal costs, 5% on healthcare costs and, and use a return less than 6% and see how long your money is going to last. Um, just to see, do I have enough to last till age 100? Where am I at on a conservative model? Um, and then under, you have to get into the idea of asset allocation and safe money to get through good markets and bad markets.
1: Under promise and over deliver. I've run into a there couple people. I've, uh, U-pod, It's what it's called. Um, I've run into some people who are, Kind of counting on the Magnificent Seven to continue to be their retirement plan. If you had a good run in it, that's not a knock. But if you're starting to hit those numbers where you are, these are big numbers. Maybe you need to start talking to someone like a CFP, Chad Burton. And Chad, that chart is beautiful um, that you sent me. And if people want a yeah. copy of it, they can email you at chad, ChadBurton.com.
2: Yeah, yeah, you bet. Adam and the, the team at EP Wealth just updated the numbers, so.
1: It's really nice. It's got like six different columns and it shows you um, how you can split between 100% stocks, 60-40 stocks, 50-50 stocks, 25 stocks, 75 bonds. And it's really, really well done. So good job on that. Um, what else do we need to hit this segment? We don't have a lot of time.
2: Um, well, I, I think then then you know the next step is that once you get to that point of, okay, I'm, I'm the linear cash flow model works. Yes, it looks like I can retire in the next five to 10 years. Then you really have to get much more detailed on the expenses Uh, program in where you're going to be drawing money from based on your tax situation. That's how much do you have in cash versus taxable accounts versus retirement accounts versus Roths. Um, And then, you know, in our software, what we're doing is really programming in the asset allocation, programming in that we're going to maintain a certain rebalance to an allocation every year. And then we can run Monte Carlo simulations, which gives um, a success rate based on randomizing the order of stock market returns on, on the asset classes that we're, that we're kind of targeting. So there's, there's, you know, several tests that we do before we say, yeah, Rob, go ahead, go in. It's okay to put in your notice. It's okay to retire and start living off (laughs) of all of these assets that you've saved forever.
1: Don't say that yet. Um, (laughs) with that said, you know, my biggest flaw, Chad, is the budget because I bought a house two, three years ago, that's still settling in with repairs and new furniture and situations like that. And, um, I'm just not there I'm not, I don't have a solid budget minus, I probably do minus like my kids started private high school. Um, but that's something CFP Brad kicks my butt on and I gotta get a little more serious about it. Cause I am approaching retirement. If you're approaching retirement, a good event is coming up. If you want a copy of that chart, email chat at chadburton.com. That's chat at chadburton.com. It is really quite lovely. Um, On top of that, come to the event February 15th. It's the 7 Steps Retirement Readiness. Um, You can learn more. It's 630 to 830. Learn more at chadburton.com. This interview featured on the Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more at robblack.com. So if you listen to the podcast, you don't hear the song. But if you're listening to the radio show, we're playing in Noah Kahn. Noah Kahn. Season of the Sticks. He's coming to concert later this year, and that's one of the things I spend my money on. CFP Chad Burton, one of the things he spends his money on, skiing, outdoor adventures, living life. It is an important part of financial planning. You're not just trying to capture every nut. You're not trying to be Scrooge and die a lonely old man. You're trying to live your life to the fullest. It's one of the things I really appreciate about CFP Chad Burton. Chad, in the past, and the big event's coming up February 15th in menlo park a day after valentine's day it's the seven readiness tests uh seven steps for readiness um retirement readiness it's a really good event it's 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 a new event for you you've only done it two times we're gonna put it kind of in the closet after this for a little bit of time and bring out something new um but through the years you keep bringing up the common themes and one of them is the monte carlo simulation and when i was like eight years old i thought of james bond and monte carlo doing casino or stuff um, what is the Monte Carlo simulation and why should we care?
2: Well, I think first of all, I've seen a ton of advisors use it incorrectly and almost okay. use it as a sales tool. And it's really, it's only helpful if you put in the right data, right? And the, the and program it rightly. The, the issue is, is what you're trying to deal with is one of the main risks of retirement. You have a couple, which is you have healthcare costs, which is a huge one. You have inflation is another large one, but then the order of stock market returns. So at the event, I show a situation where people retired um, in the the late 70s. um, And based on the market returns, they did really, really well. But if we flipped those images over and the order of stock market returns was actually reversed, that's all it did was just reverse it. They ran out of money really early. And so the order of stock market returns is something that you have to be very concerned about. And the idea here is is that, look, when when the market cracks and you're young, you're 20, 30, 40, even in your 50s, you just keep buying and buy as much as possible that year, right? Because the history, the the future is on your side. I mean, we just talked about the S&P 500 total return with dividends reinvested is 12.7% average annual return over the last 50 years. Um, But... You know, there are years with losses. And when you're pulling money out of the portfolio. Paper losses. The math. It, the, yeah. Well, it's, it's paper losses, but when you're pulling money out of your portfolio okay. to live and to, to put food on the table at retirement, if you pull out when the market is down and stocks and bonds could be down together, just like at 2022, mm-hmm. then the the math is not in your favor. So it's not timing the market by going in and out, it's timing your withdrawals properly and being able to deal with the order of stock market returns. So what a Monte Carlo simulation does, if you program it all incorrectly, because it's garbage in, garbage out, if you you get the right data in there, um, then it can look at your situation, how much you're pulling out, the asset classes that you own in your various types of accounts. And it takes a look at those asset classes and essentially randomizes the order of returns. And you can Mm -hmm. actually get a success rate on your retirement plan, so you got to pass the linear cash flow model. You got to program and a couple of other things like: which accounts am I going to draw from first? Which drives the final asset allocation approach? With, you know, what asset classes between large, small, mid, corporate bonds, tax-free bonds? Where do those go in the different accounts? Get that all figured out, and then you have to. Make sure that the financial planning system that you're using also realizes that, hey, I'm going to rebalance and maintain this certain asset allocation every year. And then you can get that order of market return and that Monte Carlo simulation to say, this is your success rate. And you've got to pass linear cash flow model, have a tax plan. Uh, have the proper asset allocation and as long as the Monte Carlo simulation is 85% or above then you know our our certified financial planner practitioners on my team will say yeah okay you're you're ready to go um and the reason why we say 85% because that may maybe that sounds a little bit too low um what we can't really program in is the withdrawal strategy that you know I've talked about with you on radio for since 1999 which is always maintain at least 3 years worth of portfolio draws and save money and so um, and then every quarter you're you're if you're spending your cash, then you're peeling off gains out of your portfolio to replenish that, always preparing for that potential rough time in the market and we believe that we can fight that other fifteen percent with the proper withdrawal strategy, uh which is really key in retirement, yeah, I just got an email yesterday
1: from a man named Jim who's got a one point five million in iras he's sixty four he's been retired for seven years with his wife. It's like that's pretty young to retire, and that's not that much money in the Bay area. But he's worried about the market tanking. And I'm like, oh, it's it's because of war, because of elections. Like, you know, you're 64 years old. You've kind of been through this game before. And anyhow, Monte Carlo would help him for sure. Um, Let's move on. What are some of the difficulties? Um, This is a a big, big question for people. What are difficulties to deal with in retirement?
2: Oh, well, if we're not. You know if if we assume that you know people listen to the doing a proper linear cash flow projection first right and and, uh-huh. and, and if That's we point. kind of put asset allocation to the side for a minute uh-huh. um some of the big ones are, are let's say medicare right i mean you you turn 65 you get on medicare um and part a you get for free part b you pay for and if you make a lot of money you could even pay more than your neighbor for part b but then you've got to make that decision on supplement insurance supplemental insurance so yeah, have part A and B, and then you get supplemental insurance. And we used to kind of do this help internally, but we even outsourced to a company called Chapter Now, which for our clients prior to turning 65, because you want to start this process about three months before, is going through all of your healthcare needs, like right? What are your prescription drugs? Who's the doctors that you like? Things like that to help get the proper plan for you. So that can be a challenge and a lot of work as you get to 65. Um, It's even more work if you're retiring before 65. And sometimes you go on COBRA for a while, but then you get on the Affordable Care Act plans, you know, the Covered California plans, Rob. And then it's a real tax strategy situation of there's a bunch of premium tax credits for this year and potentially next year where... You know, if, if you can make sure that your income looks low tax-wise, even though you might have a lot of assets, you might get a lot of premium tax credits to help you pay for that. So that throws a whole other wrench in the in the planning for early retirees. Um, and then when to take Social Security—that has a lot to do with: Are you married? What's your spouse's earning history, if any? Um, what's your health like? Uh, you know, how long do you both expect to live? Do you take it, you know, full retirement age, which for most people is 67 now, or do you wait till you're 70? And if you wait till you're 70, where are you going to get your money from then? Like, what accounts are you going to draw from? Sometimes when you run a social security analysis, it looks good for a person to wait until 70. But if all of their assets are in a pre-tax 401k, or really low cost basis stock, and they're going to get creamed on taxes, maybe it's not the best choice. Everybody's a little bit different. That's why I love this business so much, because Um, there are these, you know, so-called rules of thumb, but everybody is a little bit different in terms of their situation.
1: I was talking to Um, a guy who's, I was talking to a guy who's thinking about retiring soon and he's turning 72 and this is the year that he wants to hire a CFP because this is the year that he has to do withdrawals. This is the year that he can't play around anymore. Genius guy, really smart guy. But now he's knowing that it's, it's just overwhelming to which do you draw from first, which you draw from tax efficiently. So what you're talking about rings true.
2: Yeah. And it's so, there's so many key ages, right? There's, there's, Mm -hmm. um, 65. Okay. There is full retirement age for social security, which is 67. There's the longest you'd want to wait till 70. Um, there's age 70 and a half Rob, where your charitable gifting, like tithing to your church and favorite charities would change where you're, you're probably better off doing that directly from an IRA. Wow. Because you can give up to a hundred grand a year from your IRA starting at age 70 and a half to your favorite charities and, and, you don't pay taxes on the money and they don't pay taxes on the money. Um, The new age for required minimum distributions is 73, but that's going up to 75 over the next several years. Um, What I, and you know, so there's all these periods of time where your income varies, your tax situation varies. um, And does it make sense to sell highly concentrated stock at the low capital gains brackets too, before those go up in 2026 um. So th- there's a lot of, eh, there's so many things that we deal with. The investment side is easy. It's all the tax planning, the estate planning. Uh, where's my money going to come from? Uh, making sure that portfolios are set up for good economies and bad economies. That's all part of the game.
1: It's really interesting with the man I was telling you, 72. And his biggest thing is, it's not, does he have enough money to live? It's he, he wants to manage his taxes. It's like you said, everyone's a little bit different,
2: which yeah, and, and kind of cool. It, and that's the point too, is like, you know, if if we do that linear cash flow model that we were talking about in the beginning, and it's clear that you're gonna be leaving a lot of assets to your kids. Mm-hmm. Um California, for example, is a community property state. So anything that is outside of a retirement account, like your real estate, your your stock portfolio at Schwab, Fidelity Vanguard that's not in a retirement account, if you're married, that gets a full step up in basis at the first death. But IRAs, somebody's gonna pay the taxes. And if your kids inherit your IRA, they used to be able to stretch it over their lifetime. Now they have to pay the taxes within 10 years. So what are your kids' tax brackets going to be at that age versus yours? Should you be living off of the IRA now or converting it to a Roth? What's the overall family plan and dynamic? And then what controls do you need to put in place if you pass away sooner than expected and you don't want a bunch of money to ruin your kids' you know initiative to create their own career and their own business? And your own happiness so you're right um good event
1: coming up february 15th it's just right around the corner taxes income long-term care conversations like this cfp chad burton will be there i'll be there a few hours early if you want to meet and talk um it's a great hotel the stanford hotel in menlo park this is the last time we're doing this event for a while Six thirty to eight thirty. sign up at chadburton.com again it's the 15th of february a thursday evening six thirty to eight thirty. Easy parking. Don't let that be a hindrance. You can sign up at chadburton.com. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Here's an odd statistic. Now that dry January is over and in the past, we're cruising into sober curious months ahead. More than half of 18 to 26 year olds in the United States say they haven't had a drink in the past 6 months. Interesting. Um great way to save money. Great way to save uh promote your health. Promoting your health is something CFP Chad Burton talks about at our events and on his radio show and his podcast. You can catch it by going to anywhere you get podcasts and uh search New Focus on Wealth with CFP Chad Burton. Um, you can find it on his website. It's much easier that way. But if you could use Apple, if you use Spotify, it's all there and um, great podcast. It's like this show, but even more concentrated, you add a little bit of water and it really starts to grow. Um, Chad's going to be at the event February 15th, 630 to 830 Thursday evening, uh, the seven steps to retirement right us. The thing that I like about seeing his events numerous times in my lifetime is I always learn one more thing. And that's um, worth it. But I also work with a CFP, um, who Chad trained Brad. Uh, no relationship, just because their names rhyme. But um, it's really comforting working with a real uh, CFP when the time comes. These seven steps will help you figure out if the time has come. Chad, we're into our home stretch. Um, what should we talk about this segment?
2: Well, if you know, let's if we get on kind of the healthcare kick of retirement mm-hmm. because. Yeah the reason why I talk about this so much is doing this for 30 years and now finally hitting the year when I can do my own catch up contribution to my 401k Rob, which is <laughs> you're getting old. Oh gosh. It just, it's, it's, it's tough. To be, <laughs> I don't know. Um, health has always been a big issue for me, right? Growing up. And I kind of realized that when I was a junior high, I'm like, Oh man, I got a big belly. I was eating candy after day after every day after school and, and, um, decided to run and I got into wrestling and it always, you know, really been into health because I'm very active. Um, and so when I'm not dealing with financial issues and listening to, to things like Bloomberg, I'm listening to um, like Huberman Labs and Gary Brecca and Ben Greenfield, people that are really into longevity and health. And, you know, aging is kind of like, okay, h- how do I picture myself when I am retired? And what I saw early on is there was a lot of couples that I would meet with with my grandfather, and the conversations were dominated about who's going to what doctor when, and their entire weeks were filled up with these appointments. And um, I made a, you know, early decisions, like, that's, I don't want my retirement to be like that. I kind of want to do what my grandfather did is I love the business. I love my clients and the people I'll probably, you know, be around for a while, I've got three kids that are going to come up into the business. Um, And I want to enjoy life now. I want to spend some of that money on my health now and also making memories now. I don't mind retiring a little bit later because cognitively, it keeps people in shape, right? And the other thing that is really interesting about some of the podcasts that I just mentioned is there's so much information coming out on dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's when it comes to gut health and how people work out, right? So the gut brain connection and your microbiome, what you eat, what you put into your body and how it affects things like Alzheimer's and dementia is, is kind of exploding, right? We're, we're kind of in this world of you have an issue, you go to the doctor, they give you a pill before they talk to you about what are you eating? What do you put in your body? What affects you and how does that affect your brain? Um, a lot of people think too, like chronic runner. You used to be a chronic runner, right? I call it, it's kind of a bad, bad thing that I say, but Chronic cardio is not good for you. If you listen to any of these studies or or any of the things that are going on, um, lifting weights is more important, right? Having that strong skeletal structure, the bones, the hormones that are released when you lift heavy weights um, is very important so that you're not 75 years old falling and breaking a hip and putting yourself in a nursing home for six to 12 months. Um, So focusing on your retirement plan to say, hey, if I have to spend money on eating better and changing my lifestyle, will that delay my retirement one or two years? Possibly. But that'll mean you'll have, you know, 32, 33 years of enjoyment instead of retiring and you're not healthy. And then, you know, you're you're spending a lot of time at the doctors and dealing with health issues. So I think that focusing on your healthcare and working out and which goes right into... The studies that are coming out with with working out heavy and uh, not not heavy but but weight resistance and what you eat and how that affects your brain um, is just fascinating to me. So, I could, it's it's uh, if you have any history of Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's in your family, you should be looking at probiotics. You should be looking at what you eat and how you work out. And I do have
1: both my mother and my grandmother had um, Alzheimer's. Um, so that's important to note. And my spouse, she had gut issues at the when she turned fifty, like bad, like painful. And Chad helped get her on the right direction. So I'm not going to say listen to Chad because my advice is better. Floss your teeth. Keep <laughs> take, take good care of your teeth because <laughs> dentures see, see that's are something. expensive. I, I don't
2: floss my teeth much. I use I do uh, coconut oil pulling in the morning. Like I spend fifteen twenty minutes when I first wake up, swishing that around in my mouth for for your teeth health and your, your mouth, the microbiome in your mouth too. So, so that's
1: another right. difference. <laughs> Something's working right for you. Cause you still look like you're 16, even though you've, you've cracked 50. Um, congratulations on that. Any last topics you want to hit? Um, uh, we've got maybe about a minute.
2: Yeah. I mean, if coming to the event on the 15th, um, you know, we'll go through the seven steps and a lot of it too is, is what is, your, what does a basic portfolio look like? How much should you have in safe money? That's not Invested, Mm -hmm. um, so that between your safe money and your dividends and interest that come in good markets or bad markets, how do you get through the market corrections that happen every so often? And then, you know, what what are your expectations of the future? How do you get really ready for retirement, tax wise and investment wise? Sounds good.
1: Again, the event is coming up. And if you want a chart that Chad was referring to on the historical asset allocation risk reward, drop an email at chad at chadburton.com. The event, though, is in Menlo Park, California, Thursday evening, February 15th, 630 to 830. You can sign up for the seven steps for retirement readiness at chadburton.com. It's chadburton.com. Lots of good content downloads and links to his podcaster as well. Come to the event Thursday evening. February 15th, 630 to 830. Taxes, income, long-term care, and much, much more. Sign up at ChadBurton.com. Think
3: you're in good shape for retirement? Find out how you're really doing with the seven steps for retirement readiness. Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of AP Wealth Advisors Thursday, February 15th in Menlo Park for a live event. Chad will walk you through these seven steps to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary, and Chad will share specific strategies for tax. Taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least five hundred thousand in investable assets and want to gauge where your retirement stands, pass on your estate, and create tax efficiencies, this event is for you. The Seven Steps for Retirement Readiness, Thursday, February fifteenth, six thirty to eight thirty p.m. at the Stanford Park Hotel in Menlo Park. Space is limited, so sign up today at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Can you?